Now, before we proceed with this episode, I do have something important that I need to share with everybody. As you guys know, about two years ago, I did a sketch comedy show called The Going Live Show. And while I was on the show, I worked with a very talented cast and became friends with practically every cast member on the show. And one friend that I had in particular, her name was Tata Sharice. Now, if you watch the Going Live show, you know who Tata is. She was basically um, the public defender. That was her uh, main gimmick on the uh, show. That was the main character she played, and she did that quite a few times. And if you saw the um, Hood Exorcist sketch, uh, she played the mother in the sketch. Like, I played the, uh, the priest that was trying to, you know, get the demon out of her son in the sketch uh, she played the mom and I played the priest going the power of Christ compels you like that was me well sadly this past Christmas Eve uh, Tata Sharice was carjacked at gunpoint while coming home from a comedy show now the good news is she is not hurt physically the bad news is her car was stolen and the merchandise that she sells after shows was stolen as well and she currently has a GoFundMe page set up to help her raise the money that she needs to get a new car and order more merch so she can you know get back to selling merch and get out there performing and what I'm gonna do is I am going to read the synopsis of her GoFundMe page to further illustrate what she's looking for rather than try to paraphrase it so this is on her GoFundMe page hey y'all so I got carjacked I'm no stranger to obstacles or overcoming tough times but what recently happened to me was something I really wasn't prepared for I was carjacked at gunpoint by two men on Christmas Eve coming home from a show comedy is now the majority of my income so my car was very very important to me because it's how I get to most shows. Also, all of my Tata Sharice merchandise was in the trunk of my car, which is another big part of my income. I'm blessed to be alive. I do about five to 10 shows a month and I'm really grinding. I don't plan to give up at all, but I'm creating this GoFundMe to help speed things up so I can get back to doing what I love and bring joy to others. Anything that anybody can contribute would be greatly appreciated and used to go towards a car and to replace my merchandise that I sell at shows. I appreciate the support and my spirit has not been broken. Thank you for the love that people have already showed me and anything further helps. I just entered year six of my stand-up comedy career and it has been an incredible journey. I've hit amazing milestones and so far I've performed in over 200 shows non-stop, but I can't let this situation situation slow me down. And as I mentioned before, Tata Sharice is a friend of mine. I've worked with her before. She is hilariously funny and a tremendous talent. And I am encouraging all of the Boochcast fans to donate money to Tata Sharice's GoFundMe to help her get back on her feet, get back on the road, and get back to doing what she does best. So from now until the GoFundMe page is completed, I am going to be putting the link to her GoFundMe page on every single Boochcast episode going forward inside the synopsis so you can use it to go there and do whatever you can to help her out. I will also be providing links on the Boochcast social media pages so you can access them there as well. So go to the link, donate what you can, and help Tata Sharice get back to bringing joy and laughter to the world. Lutes. Files. Irritating little crumb horns. Gaze at the person across from you now. 
What's up, everybody? This is Vinny Bucci, a.k.a. The Booch, and welcome to the recap of NXT Spring Break-In 2023. And, of course, ladies and gentlemen, joining me here on The Boochcast, he is the NXT correspondent. He's been woken. Yep. He's been broken. Yep. And now he's just broke. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the Boochcast, the one, the only, the broke soulless ginger, Mr. Zach Scott. What's up, dude? Do that. Yes, this be the broke soulless ginger, Zach Scott. Jesus speaking, I'm not that broke. Many, I'm proud to say, oh, here we go until the end. But that's okay because it was actually kind of worth it. Anyways, let's proceed with this, sir. Yes. This is, of course, on free TV, but it's a major event still. And, of course, we kick things off with our first official match of the evening. First in wrestling, a trunk match with Tony D'Angelo and Stax versus Pretty Deadly. Tell you the truth, I thought this was my favorite match. Was it yours? Yes, this was very enjoyable. This was great. These four guys beat the living shit out of each other and uh, didn't use a table. Pretty Deadly took off with a table. I didn't know there was chairs, there were suplexes and everything else. And know what the great thing was? There was no ladders. Wow. But otherwise, this was great. My favorite part is when uh, Stacks used the uh, fire extinguisher and they hit the bada bing, bada boom, toss them into the trunk. Bye bye, pretty deadly. Poor bastards. Vinny, your thoughts there, bro. Beautiful. This was an amazing match. I mean, it was violent, but it wasn't insane. Um, the spots made sense. Uh, I did think it was weird to see a, a kiddie pool filled with balls at the front of the ring, but I guess, okay, maybe they're trying to make it like a spring break-in kind of thing. I'd rather they have like a pool or something, like maybe put some water in there. That way somebody falls in, they get wet, whatever. But um, either way, still a great match. And the best part is, uh, you'll notice throughout the rest of the night, you didn't see a lot of weapons involved. Again, structuring a card properly where you have one match that's basically a street, a brawl, a street fight, and they're the ones using the weapons. They're the ones going crazy. They're the ones fighting around the building because the whole object is to get to that car and put them in the trunk. So it was done extremely well, and 
and very, very entertaining. Like, and the right team won. Finally, a team that's been getting beaten into the ground, almost deader than Kelsey's nuts, finally got a fucking victory. And I'm more excited about that than anything. Just the fact that it's it's about damn time the family finally got a fucking victory. They've been losing time after time after time, and it was getting goddamn ridiculous. So happy to see them get the win in this match. And obviously, more unfolded from this that we'll talk about a little bit later. But as far as the match goes, perfect opener. A hundred percent agree with you, sir. About damn time. But I, before we move on, one of my favorite spots is when um uh, Stacks tossed uh, the chair to uh, one of the guys from Pit Deadly. I don't know which one. And he goes, "All right," and drop kicked him real quick. I thought that was probably my favorite spot at that match. But otherwise, that let's do this. Well, first of all, I need to fucking say something here real quick. Uh, first of all, I'm impressed. I like to say uh, I appreciate uh, Cherry Top giving me a compliment for once over here. I appreciate it very much so. Um, about fucking time you started recognizing the talent of the Don. You know, took you long enough, but it's okay. You know, uh, you know, even 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 the tortoise makes it to the finish line eventually. But let me just say, glad to finally get these two little fairies in a fucking trunk. I've been waiting a long time to get this whole thing straightened out. Stax and I finally can put this fucking shit behind us and get back to what we're all about, which is getting the goal. Bada bing, bada boom. You know what the fuck I'm saying? Yes, I do. About time you guys won a match. Took you guys long enough, but I'm happy for you. <laughs> uh, that's a good one. That's a good one. I'm, I'm feeling generous. I'll give you that one. I'm in a happy mood, you know? Nice to see the Don not losing his fucking mind over here. People finally recognizing some talent when they fucking see it, and... You think that's great? Wait to hear what happens later. It's fucking awesome, man. Keep tuning into this fucking show. Keep tuning in. You know, you don't see a lot of good Irish-Italian combos over here, but these two fucking guys, they're perfect. They're the fucking best. They're the fucking best. Even Cherry Top, when he gets on my goddamn nerves, still the fucking best. Hey, hey, Zach, no offense. Salute. All right, well, anyway, um, I'm sure we're going to see more of him, but, uh, of course, after all of this, um, you know, they drive off with the trunk. Uh, Tiffany Stratton pulls in and, and basically says that she's here to rescue the women's championship. Uh, yeah, I saw this right here. I was like, okay, Tiffany Stratton came in, beating her head a little far ass ass self, and, and then we'll receive from here. I don't think we really need to see this, but okie dokie. Good for you. Yeah, she's basically saying her other challenges aren't relevant, and she's relevant, and all that shit. It's, ugh. I didn't feel like we needed it. And then, of course, we cut backstage where Duke Hudson's giving Andre Chase a pep talk. I'm surprised Andre didn't slap the shit out of him. Like, he's, like Duke's the one that got him into this fucking match. And everybody says, like, yeah, nobody, yeah, yeah Andre Trish, we wish you the best of luck, but you're not going to win. I was like, I mean, everybody knows that. Just saying, moving on. Yep, and we are moving on to the next match of the evening. We got Braun Breaker versus Andre Chase with Duke Hudson. You think this match went a little too long than it should have been? Yes. Yeah, I thought it should have been a squash. You should have speared him, did that, one, two, three. But no, they had to uh, drag it out. And when he was trying to do his spot, he didn't get to do it. And then there was a uh, submission, a tap out, really? Seems to me they want to keep Braun Breaker around, not move him up to the uh, main roster. Either that or they're trying to build him up for something later. Because obviously we, we can't talk about it right now. But I think like based on what happens later in the night, I can see this. Because, obviously, you know, Braun needs to look strong going into... I'll just talk about it here. We'll bring it up again later. Obviously, he's got the match with Carmelo at Battleground. So, he has to look strong for that. And then 
job to Carmelo and then hopefully go to the main roster because there'll be nothing else for him to fucking do on the show. So how I feel about it is like this. If Braun was going to get a victory and Chase was going to tap out, it should have been a squash because all Andre Chase basically did in this match was get a drop kick and a Russian leg sweep and then try to do the chase you stomp and breaker stops it. So literally, you let Chase do a couple of moves, but not even one of his primary spots. He should have got the spot. Yeah, you know, the whole C-H-A-S-E-U. What's that spell? Chase you. He should have had the moment, because like we said, Braun is basically out the door. It doesn't hurt Braun for Chase to get some spots in, even if they're minor, and have Breaker just decimate him. It really doesn't hurt him, especially since he took him out with a Russian leg sweep, which is a believable move to take somebody down, gets a couple stomps in, and even after he does the whole chase you, Braun could just get right the fuck back up and spear his ass. It's great, you know. He tosses Chase in the air, hits a power slam, locks in the Steiner recliner, Chase taps out immediately. You know, Braun got the win, which was great, but this... Like I said, if you were going to squash Chase like this, there was no reason to drag this match out. It basically becomes a letdown because the fans are already anti-Braun Breaker. That's why they turned him heel. And I love the new Braun Breaker heel thing. It works so good. I'm enjoying it. Then, of course, they cut to the backstage area where we have Dijak just beating the hell out of uh, Dragunov. Uh, We see this. Yeah, I saw that, too. Uh, I saw that. I guess that's just setting up for next week or down the road. Where we're going to see Dijak against um, Dragunov. But, yeah, that's going to be interesting because Dragunov, is known as a giant slayer, so that would be good to see. Because I like Dijax, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right, Vinny, do you think? Well, yeah, basically these two are fighting again. I don't know. Unless this is going to lead to something at Battleground, which is what it should. That's what it needs then there's really no reason to do this. I do like the fact that, um, you know, Dijak tried to pull the, the, the door down on Dragunov and he's able to block it with a foot and then blocked it with his hands until finally, you know, he couldn't overpower it anymore and it finally landed on his ribs. It's kind of a way to write him off TV or at least, you know, drag this out till the end of May. That way we can build this to battleground and you can have something major for the card because there's a lot of feuds that are finishing off at spring break-in, and you're still going to need stuff for Battleground, and you definitely want to stack the card at Battleground. Because as I mentioned before, it's on the same night as AEW's Double or Nothing. So if you want to motivate people to watch that instead of Double or Nothing, you got to stack the card. And you want to stack it early because we all know AEW is going to wait till the very last fucking minute to stack their card. Because one thing Tony Khan is not good at is long-term booking. It's part of the reason why we were able to take time off from AEW so easily. Because we knew going into Revolution, there were not going to be a lot of buildup. So far, the only thing AEW has is MJF defending his title against either Sammy Guevara or Darby Allin, depending on who wins on Dynamite tomorrow. That's the only match that is set up for fucking anything at this pay-per-view. So you want to get Battleground moving as fast as possible. Because so far with Battleground, you only got one match booked for that, but we'll wait till later on in the show to bring that up. But ultimately, that's what you need to do is start stacking the cards so you can get ready. And I think Dijak and Dragunov would be perfect for that card. That's a match that's going to get people talking and get people paying attention. There's another match I'd like to see on there, but... 
It looks like it might not be the case, so we'll find out later. And on that note, we move on to the next match of the evening. We got Lyra Valkyra versus Cora Jade. To tell you the truth, I kind of enjoyed this. Did you? I thought it went well. He was just there. It went well. You know what this is? A filler, but a good filler. You know, it was good. I mean, these two ladies beat the crap out of each other, and... Uh, Cora Jade got a lot of good moves in. Lyra Vicari got a lot of moves in. But uh, Cora Jade won the match by being tricky. One, two, three. I mean, it was there, but you also have to keep in mind they did promote and build this match. It was, it was a challenge issue, so it's not... I wouldn't go as far as to say it was extreme filler, but it was definitely a a good match. I felt both these women did very well. Um, I felt, you know, Cora Jade definitely reminded people how good she can be. Valkyra definitely stole the show. Um, I kind of felt like Valkyra should have got the win here. I feel like she deserved it more than Cora Jade because you literally, and this, and this is another issue I have in wrestling, is when you make a bunch of vignettes promoting this person coming in, you debut them, they get on a big show like this, and they get nothing. And I don't understand why people think this is good booking to hype somebody up, bring them in, and have them take an L. Like when you're building, if you're going to, if, if Lyra's get basically going to job on the big shows, then why did you need those vignettes to bring her in? Why even bother to explain to me who this character is, who this gimmick is, if this is not a gimmick that you don't want to push to the moon? Now, I'm not saying you got to make her women's champion right away. That'd be stupid. But I felt like she deserved the win more than Cora did. Because ever since Cora turned heel, I don't know too many people that are excited to see her in a ring. Hell, most people weren't that excited when she was babyface. I, mean, I don't know. Did you see anybody happy for Cora Jade? Well, I wasn't one of them. I mean, it sucks because she's talented. That's why she just grit. And on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. I don't know why this is on here. Uh, for the NXT Championship... Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams defends the title against Grayson Waller. Sad part there, guys, everybody. I could not enjoy this match. Want to know why? Why? It wasn't a fucking main event. So being an analyst I'm going to do, I want to make this short, but hopefully to everybody's standards. They both come out there. They beat the shit out of each other. My favorite thing is when uh, Grayson Waller put Carmelo Hayes through the table and then uh, proceeded to do this and that, and then Carmelo Hayes hits up. But one, two, three. I could not enjoy this because it was not the main event. Not a shitty match, but it could have been the main event. You know what I mean. Then take yeah. over. Yes. And that, yes, and that's what I meant by, um, you know, why is this here? I didn't mean why is this on the show. I mean, why is this practically in the middle of the fucking card. It's the NXT Championship. It's Carmelo Hayes. It's Grayson Waller. Are you seriously going to tell me there are any other matches on this card that are bigger than this that the fans are going to give a shit about? Because I'll tell you right now, I'm looking at the rest of this card, and the answer you're looking for is fuck no. Nothing else that came after this was a bigger deal than this. Literally fucking nothing. I'm looking at the rest of this card. Seriously, I challenge anyone out there to tell me what other matches that followed the NXT Championship were a bigger deal, had more emotion, told a better story. Where? Show me where. Seriously, show me which one of these fucking matches it is. I am laying down the challenge. If you're listening to this right now and you're on social media, comment below. I want to know. What the fuck? What happened? What's Which one is it? Because... This should have been the main event, but that being said, as much as I enjoyed it, there were a few moments I could have did without. Um, I'm going to be honest. I didn't like the rolling stunner spot, and I'll tell you why. Because based on the angle that I saw, maybe I need to watch this again, but from what I saw, because it looks like he's in the corner when Hayes went for that springboard. 
I didn't see that, actually. And then, because huh. if he's in the corner, here's my question. What the fuck is Carmelo going for a springboard for in the first place? If he's in the corner, why are you bouncing off the rope? You don't need to. Even if he's lying on the ground, you, what are you going to do? A fucking lion salt like Jericho? Why the fuck are you springboarding? Because it looks like the only reason you're springboarding is to set up that move. Which again, makes it obvious that you're cooperating with each other, thus making the match look, there's the dreaded word we can't use, but I'm going to say it, fake. It makes it look fake. Because it looks like you guys are doing spots and not trying to kill each other. Now again, maybe I have to watch this a second time. And I may be proven wrong. But from the angle that I saw, that's what it looked like. And that was fucking stupid. So yeah, it was goddamn ridiculous. Now of course, there were some good moments that followed that. The elbow drop through the commentary desk. And of course, you know, Waller setting up the fireman's carry. He reverse into a lung blower. And then of course, Waller tries the rolling stunner again. But his knee gives out. Hayes hits nothing but net for the win. That was a good spot. But like I said, that, that springboard was unfucking necessary Because it clearly looked like you were setting up a move. And people need to be mindful of shit like that. Don't do shit just to do it. Do it in a way that's believable and makes fucking sense. Instead of insulting the intelligence of the audience and basically letting them know, hey, we all know this is fake, so we're just going to do what we want. That's why shit like that makes me so goddamn angry. Now, after the match, Hayes grabs a mic and says he doesn't care if Breaker wants it or not. He wants Breaker at Battleground. His music hits. He appears out of nowhere. Shocker. And Spears Williams. Hayes turns around. needs a power slam for Breaker. Hayes falls out of the ring. Breaker spears Hayes through a wall next to the stage. They really need to have this. Okay. He's basically taking everybody out. This is the second time he's shipping these guys out. Can he just come out there, just, you know, talk shit to each other, just pulling each other up? But no, the Dolphins Gurman had to get his shit in again. Okay. But I was like, seriously, put him through the team. You guys want him to be, if you guys want a good match, don't do stupid shit like this. Hey. That what pissed me off. Like, seriously, it was like, Space Force one thing, but this right here was a whole lot dark. Like, seriously? You just kind of might talk crap and walk away. You just have to tag him again. Anyways, moving on. Hey, he's not the dog wow. face gremlin. That's his father. Okay, fine. The puppy uh, face gremlin. You happy? Yes, I am. Okay, good. Moving on. That's his dad's nickname. You got to be careful. Now, puppy face gremlin, that works. I'm surprised nobody's called him that yet. I'm just saying, I should have dawned on somebody in the locker room. Puppy face gremlin. <laughs> was that a good one? That was brilliant. Actually, you know, the funny part was, when you said dog face gremlin, I had puppy face gremlin in my head. So as soon as you said it, I was like, brilliant. Hey, look, I can read your mind. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Anyways. I was thinking it, but you managed to say it before I did. Uh, but yeah, so now we know it's going to be Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes at Battleground. And I don't know if the title is going to be on the line or not, but here's, how, here's what I think is going to go. If it's a non-title match, there's a chance Breaker could win. If the title's on the line, Carmelo's winning, and he should. And then Braun needs to go to the main roster. However, they have recently announced that this coming Friday on SmackDown, and next Monday on Raw is going to be the draft. That's when they're going to start drafting everybody and putting them on different shows. So there's a good chance Braun Breaker's name could be brought up during the draft. So he might spend some time on the main roster and NXT to wrap up this feud with Carmelo. And then once that's done, then he'll be full-time on Raw and SmackDown and all that. Now, just because he's drafted to a show doesn't mean he has to appear there right away. They could e just as easily do some vignettes and hype him up while he settles his issues in NXT, does the job for Carmelo on the way out, and then 
goes to the main roster, and once he goes to the main roster, you have him be a dominant badass to overcome the loss to Carmelo. You let him pack some wins under his belt before he gets in it, before he takes an L. Because you need, because we need some more badasses and we need some more monsters on this roster because there's not a lot, especially the ones that have been humbled by the tribal chief. So we need some badasses. We ain't got to be, there ain't enough of them. And on that note, we cut to the backstage area with Joe Gacy and Ava Rain, who find Mark Coffey. Gacy challenges him to a match. If Gacy wins, the Dyad gets a fair tag title match. If Coffey wins, the Dyad won't challenge Gallus again. Coffey agrees. Uh, okay. We'll see what happens right here. Because like, that's the sneaky feeling that the Dyad's going bye-bye. Well, that depends. Because at first I heard rumors the Dyad got released. But they're still on TV. So apparently either that was a bullshit rumor or their contracts are expiring soon and they're not renewing or whatever. But either way, um, you know, they made a valid point because they said, you know, they didn't get pinned in the match. You know, Gallus beat the Creed brothers. So therefore, give us a one-on-one title shot and we won't challenge again as long as you're champions if you beat them. That's a good way to end this because we can't see the Dyad and, the, and Gallus going back and forth over and over and over and over and over again. Eventually, we need to get some more tag teams in the mix. So this is a good way to end that. Plus, it's been a while since we've seen Joe Gacy in a ring, and he's a great worker. Mark Coffey, don't know too much about him, nor do I give a fuck, but I'm just glad to see Joe Gacy get back in a ring and seeing Ava Rain actually do some talking for once because you don't see enough of her, and I wish we'd see her wrestle more. Because, you know, I want to see how good she is and if there's a like-father-like-daughter situation here. I'm intrigued. Then, on that note, we're going to move on to the next match of the evening. This is going to be a fun one. We got... We got Fallon Henley and Briggs versus Kiana James and Jensen. I don't know what to think of this, Jenny. What about you? This... (laughs) This match... was weird. It was everything I thought it was going to be. Which is? Regoddamn-diculous. Why the fuck was this here? I mean, this was basically Briggs beating the shit out of Jensen. Well, not necessarily. Jensen got a lot of moves in. Oh, he did. He did. He got his shit in. He he got his shit in. And Keanu James and Trey Hanley got their shit in. The problem is, it was just... Everybody knew how this was going to go, but surprisingly, it was actually actually okay, but it wasn't that bad. It just dragged a little, maybe a little too long, but everybody got their shit in, and look what happened at the end. So we're going to see where this goes from here. here here's yeah. what I want to say about this and how stupid this is. The worst spot in this whole entire match was Jensen accidentally knocking Kiana off the apron. Did you catch it? Yeah, I caught it. So you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's going for the purse. I don't know if he threw the purse or ducked the purse or whatever, but Kiana literally fell off the apron. Jensen didn't even touch her. He literally swung something, dropped the purse or whatever, and Kiana had to jump off and take a bump. There was no physical connection of any kind. So either Jensen botched horrifically or they had to do this in a way to where Kiana didn't get hit because apparently oh if he accidentally hits her then it's like oh my god he struck a woman like oh my god this bullshit 
Look, if you're going to do the spot, do it right. Commit. Go all the way. Don't do shit you don't know how to do or you're not comfortable doing. You might as well have had Henley take the damn thing and then whack Kiana with it and knock her off the apron or something. That looked that looked so fake as fuck, it was pathetic. That was a pathetic spot that was poorly timed and should have never been done. And then, of course, Briggs hits the lariat, pins him for the one, two, three. Then Jensen tries to, uh, you know, tell Kiana it's okay. We still got each other. She goes to slap him. He's like, I thought you loved me. She yelled, I never loved you. And then grabs her purse and leaves. And Jensen's sitting there, you know, realizing that Kiana never cared about him, and he threw away a friendship for nothing. But then Briggs put his arm on Jensen's shoulder and basically told him, hey, don't worry, man, I'm still your friend, I'm still here. So the tag team's back together, and, you know, I kind of like this scenario here, you know? It's Br- you know, it's Briggs showing, hey, you know, he didn't want to have that fight. He did it to knock some sense into his friend who we could clearly see was being manipulated. And now that he's seen the error of his ways, he's like, hey, man, let's just let this go and move on. So the good news is this crap is finally over. The bad news is I don't know where this is going to go from here. My question is this. Now that Briggs and Jensen are basically back together and Kiana James is out of the fucking picture, are these guys now going to get back to being a, to being a tag team that's going to actually go for the tag team titles? Is this going to lead to them finally becoming NXT Tag Team Champions. And then maybe Henley can have one final battle with Kiana to avenge Jensen. But as far as Briggs and Jensen go, this they need to be away from Kiana and all this crap, and they need to get back to winning Tag Team Gold. I agree with you on that. We'll see what happens next week, because if they don't put this on anything next week, we're like, man, what are you guys going to do here? But Hudson, Briggs and Jensen need to go for the gold. Everything behind you. All right, do you think? Okay, so now we get this weird video from the NXT Anonymous Twitter page, where apparently uh, it looks like Nikita Lyons got jumped in the parking lot. Like, apparently somebody beat the crap out of her. Was it Nikita Lyons? I thought it was um, that surfer girl. Oh, Sol Ruka. Never mind, never mind. It was not. It was Solo Ruka. I was like, oh, I, you're right. Somebody did get the crap kicked out of him, but it wasn't Nikita Lyons. She's out injured. It's uh, right. Solo Ruka. Sorry. I, I'm so, sorry. I couldn't tell from the angle. I just saw blonde hair and a tall chick. I should have taken into account the fact that it was a skinny tall chick. She wasn't thick because Nikita's like a, Nikita's a thi- as we call him, a thick milkshake. A thick milkshake. Yeah. You know, she's she's a thick girl. I like her, though. Don't get me wrong. I, I ain't shaming. I ain't yeah. shaming either. I don't judge. I don't judge. I'm just like. No, you don't. Hey. Your history. <laughs> I know many bitches say the secrets. Yeah, doesn't everybody. All right. So anyway, this. So we got through this anonymous crap. And then we move on to the next match of the evening. Why? Um, Oba Femi versus Oro Mensa. Yeah. Eh. Eh. All right. Um, that Opa Femi guy was just was just another big dude. He, <clears throat> damn it, was uh showing that he's very very strong. I was like, okay, a freshman wrestler that's very very strong can throw things. All right, but in the ring, he's okay. The Oro Mensa guy, he got a lot of his spots in. But if that guy was that big, why did this match go this long? It should have been a squash. I mean, like one, two, three. But no, they want to drag it out. This is what we like. What hopefully I'm right this time. This was filler. Now, see, this was filler. Yeah, the filler wasn't as much for that, for the Core J Valkyra match. That was at least promoted. This one was just here. Now, I do understand to a degree why this match went as long as it did. Because this was Oba Femi's debut. This is his first match. Usually, when you're debuting somebody, mostly a big guy, especially big guys, 
when you're debuting them, the match doesn't always have to be a squash, but it depends on how the moves are done. But basically what the job is, is this is his chance to teach the audience, this is my move set. This is what I do in a ring. And then you have to establish whatever move you use to end the match, you want to establish and teach the audience that I do this move, and whenever I do this move, I win. And it looks like... The pop-up powerbomb could very well be his finish, which to me makes perfect sense seeing as how Kevin Owens is pretty much using the stunner now. And the pop-up powerbomb is only used on a few occasions. So if Kevin Owens is not going to use the pop-up powerbomb as a finisher anymore, you might as well give it to somebody else. So that's why I'm okay with this not being a squash, because he now has to educate the audience on what he does. You know, it's like that scene in Austin Powers. Random task. Show us what you do. That kind of thing. What does he do? What is he about? What move does he use to end matches? And that's something when he needs to use consistently the same move to end a match. So that way, when he hits that move and somebody kicks out, we can all go, holy shit. Because we've established his finisher. It's like The Rock. Every time he hit the rock bottom, he won. Until Austin kicked out of it. Austin, every time he hit the Stone Cold Stunner, he won. Until The Rock kicked out of it. Then eventually, people kicked out of those moves regularly. But before that time, there was a moment where, holy shit, nobody ever kicked out of this move. Nobody ever kicked out of that move. And when finally someone did, it was like, holy shit. So, I will say Obafemi was impressive. Obviously, from an in-ring standpoint, he's great. Uh, Obviously, I look forward to seeing what his mic skills are like. So, I can see if he is a main event caliber wrestler or if he's doomed to be mid-card for life. But, so far, everything's great. Mensa eventually got to get a little bit of shit in. But, ultimately, you're giving this to Obafemi because he's badass. And then, all of a sudden, Gigi Dolan hijacks the show to challenge JC Jane to a match next week. She's just challenging. You want to talk about my family? Okay, bring your best time here. We'll see what happens. I'm going for Gigi. I think she needs to go over. Hopefully. Never know. Here's the thing. She needs to go over. She needs to go over. Tremendously. But here's my problem. Why is this happening next week? Mm, doesn't need to be a free TV. Why she needs to be at Battleground? Yes! I'm gonna, she true. said, I'm going to have my little brother in the audience to watch me kick your ass. Why do this on TV? Build it to Battleground, for Christ's sake. That's where Battleground, that's where you should go to end this. And have the little brother in the crowd. There's not a lot of big stories in NXT right now, ladies and gentlemen. Most of them are coming to an end, or came to an end, on this spring break-in show. And you got to build a battleground, because like I said, they're competing with double or nothing. This is an NXT versus AEW situation. You want to stack the card as much as you can to motivate people to choose battleground over double or nothing. Now... I've already said, I have a studio with two monitors. I got Battleground on one and Double or Nothing's going to be on the other because I got to recap both these motherfuckers. I'm going to have Zach in studio and we're going to watch both and we're going to recap both. So, but we're in a different scenario. We're analysts. We got to check everything out. But as far as the actual audience that has to make a choice between Battleground and Double or Nothing, got to make a choice. Now, from a financial standpoint, Battleground makes sense because all you need is a Peacock account. For a double or nothing, you actually have to pay pay-per-view prices. And very rarely has an AEW pay-per-view been worth pay-per-view price. It's rare they're worth that kind of money. That's why most people use bootleg sites. It's what we use. Mm, that's, how, well, that's what I use to watch the show. I, I kinda, that YouTube TV, it's nice, but 
oh, I can't afford that much. I was like, no, it's good. I'm not going to use this website. And so far, so good. Except for the part where they had to hear all the British commercials. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's yeah, but you're talking about YouTube TV. I'm talking pay per view. Pay per view is way more expensive than YouTube TV. Mm, I don't know. I'm just saying. YouTube's TV was 65 bucks a month. That's usually okay. a pay-per-view. Exactly. So I was like, you know what? Screw this. I'll just use these bootleg sites. Hopefully they're in English. Never know. Yeah. You, you get one that's in French, then you're totally fucked. <laughs> exactly. I'm waiting for that to happen. I was like, like did you understand this promo? It was in French, so no. <laughs> one guy's getting mad at the other. All right, go ahead. And on that note, we move on to the main event of the evening. Oh. For the NXT Women's Championship, Indy Hartwell defends the title against Tiffany Stratton and Roxanne Perez. No, they should have done what? They should have switched this. This match should have been where the um the, the World Championship match, Grayson Waller and Carmelo Hayes should have been that. You know what I mean? They switch it back and forth, and then it would just put them in this fine. But instead, they put this on, and this was boring as hell. Was yeah. it not? I did not yeah. enjoy this. I was like, really, dude? You guys? Could? I was didn't I, I lost it? I was like. Yeah, I want to get this done with. Talk, eat Taco Bell, and watch the Mandalorian. So that being said, and, and but at least Indy Hartwell saw her um, her ankle and she won. Rightfully so. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, that. If, there, say. if uh, there's if there's one positive we can take from this, it's that Indy Hartwell retained the title. Thank God. She is not ready yeah, to exactly. give that belt up yet. Because, like I said, the only way you were going to take that belt off of her is if you were ready to call her up and have her work with Dexter Loomis and put Index back together. So until That'd you're ready to do that. Awesome. Yes, it would be awesome. But I'm saying until you're ready to do that, she should not be losing that title. And NXT, and anything, draft or no draft, NXT call-ups can still happen. Don't Don't think just because... The draft happens that NXT people still can't get called up and planted here and here and whatever. They can still do that. And pay attention to where Dexter Loomis goes. Because wherever he goes, that's where Indy's going. Or that's where she should be going. And I think if Triple H has anything to say about it, that's what go. So if Dexter stays on Raw, Indy's going to Raw. If Dexter goes to SmackDown, Indy's going to SmackDown. Because if Indy gets called to the main roster, you have to put Index back together. Why? Because it's over. That is a couple that is over with the crowd, and there's no reason to split them up. Plus, Indy could definitely bring credibility to the women's division or lack thereof, depending on how this draft goes. Because depending on how this draft goes, it's going to determine how many stars are on each brand or how great or how strong the women's division is going to be. Now, obviously, Tiffany Stratton, she can live to get over another day. Now, obviously, Tiffany Stratton, she can live to get over another day. Mm -hmm. Roxanne Perez should not be the champion today, tomorrow, or fucking ever. It's her goddamn ridiculous she was even champion to begin with, so I'm glad she didn't win. Now, of course, Indy got taken out for most of the match, so we saw Tiffany and Roxanne mostly fighting it out. Then eventually, Indy came back. She had a spot where she did what looked like a lazy kick. Like, I'm sorry, a lot of her spots in this match looked lazy, and I can't tell if she was being lazy or if she was just selling the fact that she had a bad ankle. I'm trying to tell here. Selling the fact she probably had a bad ankle, but she, she was trying to sell it. She did land wrong. She did. She bent it backwards, so she she did. She is, aka, actually is injured. Yeah, I know. Just a sprain. I think she, she landed wrong. Uh. Yeah. Well, she was kicking with the bad leg, which made the kick look weak. And Tiffany and they're, and they're selling the kicks, which I give them credit, but those kicks were weak as hell. I think she should have tried to kick with the other leg, unless she really could not put weight on the other leg. But I guess because she's if she's legit injured and this isn't kayfabe, I can give it a pass. I can give it a pass. I guess. They're trying to work through everything, but 
uh, if that's a kayfabe injury, then that was fucking dumb. So it depends on whether or not she was uh, kayfabe injured or shoot injured. If she was shoot injured, then I give her credit for getting through that and doing what she had to do. And I'll excuse the fact that the kicks looked weak as fuck. But either way, Indy was able to do what she had to do. Uh, she gets a basement elbow strike and then pins Perez. One, two, three. Indy Hartwell retains the title in what was a not a a the opposite of a stellar main event. This was not a great main event. And no, I'm not saying that because they're women. Because I don't shit on women's wrestling. I only shit on bad wrestling. This match was not very good. I've seen better. I'm hoping Indy Hartwell is, is able to heal up her ankle and move on to bigger and better challengers. But this was not that great. But there was another interesting thing that happened. Uh, in the middle of this show, we saw Stax and Tony D driving the car somewhere, as we heard Pretty Deadly banging on the hood of the car, you know, basically doing the whole, let us out, let us out. But then we cut to, we see some water washing up. We cut in on the car. We see Tony D and Stax over by the dock. And we now know that Pretty Deadly is sleeping with the fishes. That they are. That they are. Yeah, I saw this right here. I was, I was like, all right. They finally uh, they, uh, took care of business for sleeping with the fishes. So I enjoyed this very, very much right here. It made me chuckle. I was like, I know what you guys are doing. I was like, Jesus Christ, you tons. I throw people in the water. Ever thought about this burying them? Uh, anyways, do you think? Okay. Um... Here's the thing. There's one conclusion that I've come to as a result of what I just saw. Pretty Deadly is going to be involved in the draft. They have now, it, it is official, Pretty Deadly is getting called up. That That is what's happening here. Because there is no other reason, because you can't have this thing where where they sleep with the fishes and then show back up on NXT the next week. This is like when when uh, Two Dimes got released from WWE, they wrote, they did this sleeping with the fishes thing to write him out, and then Tony D held the leather jacket and talked about how Two Dimes was a traitor. They they had to do that scene because they had to write him out of the show because he was released from WWE because apparently he wasn't producing, his contract wasn't doing well, and basically had to fix you know all those problems. So now I think I think that's where we're going with this. I think Pretty Deadly is getting called up. Yeah. Yeah, I saw this right here. I, I enjoyed it. I was like, all right, so here's soon. We need to see gold around the family. No, I don't why I agree with it. Yes, boy. That's what the fuck that is right there. I, did I do it right? Did I do it right? No, you didn't. Yes, boy. I think that's how it fucking goes, right? They, anyway, they fucking Work see. Work on your British accent. Yes, boy. That's how you do it. I, I'm sorry. Do, do I sound fucking British? Well, here we go. Here we go. Are you sitting on this man of a thousand accents here to amuse you? Is that what you're saying? What if I am? It's so easy to get on your nerves. You know that, right? I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> Stop being so gullible. Yeah. I had him, didn't I? Didn't I have him? I like you, Cherry Top. You don't fold under questioning. <laughs> Nice try. Yeah. Anyway, so anyway, those two little, anyway, both those two dumb blondes, they sleeping with the fucking fishes. They at the bottom of the fucking lake where they belong. So now I got rid of them. Now we're going to get those tag team titles. I don't care if it's Gallus, the Dyad, whatever the fuck. We, any, either way, we taking them damn belts. So where do we get them from the, from, from the, from the, from, from whether we got to beat up another group of UK bums. Although at least they look like fucking men. Unlike, unlike the, Pretty boys that are buried underneath the fucking river. Or we gotta take on those creepy motherfuckers over there. 
You know, they like, uh, you know, they got them like weird little eyes and they got their heads shaved and the whole uh, four roots, one tree. What am I, a fucking gardener? I'm sorry, we having a match or we planting fucking trees? What is this, save the fucking earth? What is it? What, what kind of, what kind of save the rainforest shit is that? Mm-hmm. Some bullshit over here. But anyway, you looking at the next tag team champions. Taking care of business the family way. And I look forward to sharing those tag team belts and uh, getting some acknowledgement from Cherry Top over here. Okay. All right. So, uh, guess I'll see y'all next week. I don't fucking know. What are we doing here? I didn't. I, hey, did we write an outro? No, we didn't write a fucking outro. I don't need a fucking outro. I'm the Don. I leave when I fucking want to. I gotta come up with some clever shit to say. I ain't got time for that. I just lock somebody in a fucking trunk. Either way. All right. There's the fucking cannoli store. Alright, so anyway, um, I don't know what the fuck that was about. Um, do, do not open my fridge. There are no cannolis in there. Anyway, uh, but yeah, that, ladies and gentlemen, will wrap up uh, this recap of NXT. Zach, as always, I think you take your time out. You're basically able to join us and uh, look forward to seeing you on the next one. Absolutely. Alright, well, make sure you guys follow the Boochcast. We're on Anchor. Anchor. Spotify. Spotify. Google Podcast. Google Podcast. And iHeartRadio. And iHeartRadio. Pick your favorite hosted site and follow us there, or be a super fan and follow us on all four hosting sites. Also, like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash theboochcast. We have archived episodes of the show as well as great content. Be on the lookout for the newest episode of the Male Soap Opera Moment dropping soon. Uh, we're supposed to have our long-awaited recap of WrestleMania. Uh, the Wens said he uploaded it, but the damn thing's still processing on YouTube last time I checked. I don't know if it's fucking broken or not, but either way, we're going to figure it out and uh we'll get it out to you guys on the facebook page once youtube figures everything the fuck out but anyway uh make sure you guys uh also follow us on twitter and instagram at the Boochcast. get the latest tweets photos and videos visit our youtube channel check out all of our youtube content and be sure to hit the subscribe button and ring that bell to be notified when future content will be posted i've got some complaint time videos dropping soon some twitch stream videos dropping soon provided copyright on youtube doesn't flag them and of course once all the tech issues are figured out, Dark Side of the 90s, I'll be bringing those back to you guys. And of course, there's a new season of Dark Side of the Ring debuting next month, so look on look out for the Dark Side of the Ring episodes coming soon. We'll obviously be uh, back on the road to filming those. And of course, hopefully I can get Dark Sides of Football and Comedy out to you guys as soon as possible. Got some people I need to collaborate with on that, but I will be getting it to you as soon as possible. And of course, you can follow us on Twitch. Go to twitch.tv slash theboochcast. That's where we do our live wrestling watch parties. Our next Next watch party will be Saturday, August the 5th for WWE SummerSlam. So make sure you join us for the biggest party of the summer. And of course, we have a live D&D show coming soon. Our Boochcast booking battle and a special project in the works. You can also support the Boochcast by going to podcasters.spotify.com slash pod slash show slash the Boochcast slash support. Become a supporter of the Boochcast. Support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. We have three levels you can donate at. Pick the one that works the best within your budget. We have our first level, which is 99 cents, $1 per month. We have our second level, which is $4.99, $5 per month. Same amount of money you would pay for a Peacock subscription. I know a lot of you guys out there aren't fans of the Peacock, so don't give them money. Give us money. We got better content than Peacock anyway. And we got the third and final level you can donate at, which is for a mere $9.99. Nine. $10 per month. Same amount of money we used to pay for a WWE Network subscription here in the United States. Ever since old Peacock got we put that $9.99. $10.99, bring it over here. We got better content in the network. And unlike Endeavor, we actually care about our fans and are dedicated to giving the people what 
they want. Get the option to pay with your credit card or with GPay. And the best part is all the money we raise goes back into the show in some capacity. We used to upgrade our equipment. We used to bring in bigger name guests, pay the bills, and take care of all the guys who work very hard on the air and off the air to make the Boochcast a success. So if you got a favorite co-host and believes they're to be paid for their hard work, anchor.fm slash the Boochcast slash support is how you make that happen. And then if there's any money left over, when it's all said and done, we use the rest to feed Zachariah Scott his ramen noodles and try to get him right until next time this is Vinny Bucci aka the Booch saying keep on living life and take care this has been the Booch cast talk to you guys next time until then pizza Pizza, baby baby. well I see by the clock on a wall that it's time to bid you one and all goodbye goodbye so long so long farewell farewell and you be good, stay well, bye bye, keep warm, relax, and eat, take care, stay loose, and you're more good, I'll approach and goodbye till when we meet again.